In America's cities and towns today, flags will be placed on graves and cemeteries. Public officials will speak of the sacrifice and the valor of those whose memory we honor. I have no illusions about what little I can add now to the silent testimony of those who gave their lives willingly for their country. Words are even more feeble on this Memorial Day, for the sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who in return loved their countrymen enough to die for them. Yet we must try to honor them, not for their sakes alone, but for our own. And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men, surely with our actions, we must strive to keep faith with them and with a vision that led them to battle and a final sacrifice. Our first obligation to them and ourselves is plain enough. The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost. It imposes a burden. And just as they whom we commemorate were willing to sacrifice, so too must we, in a less final, less heroic way, be willing to give of ourselves. Each died for a cause he considered more important than his own life. Well, they didn't volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values for which men have always been willing to die if need be, the values which make up what we call civilization, and how they must have wished in all the ugliness that war brings that no other generation of young men to follow would have to undergo that same experience. As we honor their memory today, let us pledge that their lives, their sacrifices, their valor shall be justified and remembered for as long as God gives life to this nation. And let us also pledge to do our utmost to carry out what must have been their wish, that no other generation of young men will ever have to share their experiences and repeat their sacrifice. Earlier today, with the music that we have heard, and that of our national anthem, I can't claim to know the words of all the national anthems in the world, but I don't know of any other that ends with a question and a challenge as ours does. Does that flag still wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? That is what we must do. Hey there, man, happy Friday, happy Memorial Day weekend, guys. Dr. Missy Hood here, doing it again. I actually, uh, my first video, I'm not sure if it's because it's patriotic or not, but anyway, it was uh, messed up from the day. So I decided, you know, I owe it, <clears throat> pardon me, to our veterans to get on here and wish you guys a Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody but also to thank you guys for your service. And so I really always try to honor God, honor our veterans, honor our guys in blue. And um, so we just want to say thank you and uh, happy Memorial Day weekend, guys. But I came back on here 
uh, because again, my video was cut in half earlier. <clears throat> and for some weird reason, YouTube wouldn't let me download it. So I'm doing it again because I have a prophetic word for you. And I want to encourage you guys. You know, I know we're in a funky place right now. We're really in a funky kind of a place with uh, regard to where the nation's at right now. <clears throat> but we're in a good place. And I want to really encourage everybody because of what is happening right now. The witchcraft is through the roof. It's through the roof. And it's because the wheels of time, if you know anything about the, the Ezekiel's wheel, the wheels of time spin up and down and they spin round and round. And so when they come together and they come to this time of the year between April 30th, September 15th, that means heaven's close to the earth. So you get a lot of strange fire, which is witchcraft, a lot of uh, Holy Ghost fire. And you've got to choose about who, which, which master you're going to serve. You're going to serve your flesh. You're going to keep serving the Lord. So this brings us to the word right now. And actually, while I, before I get into the word, I've, I've got a prophetic word first. But um, I want to encourage you because the word's different today. <laughs> and I thought about it after I finished it the first time. I thought, man. I went to dinner with some friends and I was, I was talking about it and I thought, God, that was really weird. I'm going to have to redo that because it was just so it's psychological. It's about where we're at as a nation. It's about what it feels to go through the pressure and, and how you navigate through it. How do you, how do you successfully navigate through contraction point two? What is contraction point two? It's one of the, it's the second chamber of God's heart. You have four chambers to your heart. God has four chambers to his, and it's, it's imperative that you understand how to navigate through it. And so I'm just here to help you do it. That's what Ezekiel's Will's job is. We're help, here to help you every year navigate through God's heart to continue moving upward into your new, preferably into maturity and uh, going where God wants you. So this is the prophetic word. And the title first, before I read it, is called Going Out and Through Into the New. <clears throat> Pardon me, how, how ironic. But then it's called Realigning Time. And it's saying... The Lord said, let's land this thing. Hello. How's it doing, JD? It's good to see you, man. It's great to see you. You know, I haven't seen you in forever. It's really, really great to see you. But I think you worked during the day, too. So that's probably why. But it's really, really good. Welcome. Welcome. So this is the prophetic word. I'm going to read it to you. It says, God said to tell you, he's coming. <clears throat> he's coming. But not in the way you thought you'd see at the end of history. The Lord says, I'm coming, but through the divine. By divinely aligning time to where kingdom and heaven invades the earth. Sonia, can you pray against witchcraft, please? So that each heart would see the other's worth to the king they've chosen to believe. And so you see, there's, a, there, let me speak back. Hold on, I'm tired right now. He said, you see, there's a king in the earth and there's a true king over heaven. But the one below instills people with leaven. While the true king above instills hearts with love so that they might own both realms which fit like a glove. Like the finest boxing match, only holding victory, the Lord said, I kept telling you, look up, look up, but they wouldn't trust in me. And the Lord says that he's helping most like the obedient to begin to wear his promise ring because God is about to be revealed. He's about to reveal the things that they've decreed. That's you. A lot of things, a lot of you people have been given promise rings. You've been given promises from above, which you know how when you're about to marry somebody or before you marry somebody, they sometimes give you a promise ring and they may have things engraved in the ring. And those are promises to you. Those are usually love letters to you. That's what prophetic words are to you. They're love letters from the king. So the Lord says, before I put a ring on your hand, I want to see what you believe. And I wanted to see if you'd believe me. And the Lord says that he's helping 
mostly obedient to where's promise ring because God is about to reveal the things they've decreed, aligned with heavenly cords of the divine, because God has reset their clock tick tock to where all of time realigns on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. And this is for people who have believed without any enemy interference because they dismissed his time and kept mine. That means we believed the Lord. Remember the four people groups that Rabbi Landry was talking about, talking about the three people groups that refused to believe and they decided to stay behind. And then we had the three of the four or one of the four that was the third one in line that said, no, we're going to go in and we're going to go into the divine, but we're going to go in with our grave clothes on. And God said, absolutely not. You've got to get cleaned up. But then there were the four people group and they said, yeah, we'll get cleaned up. We're going to trust you. We're going to go out of the old and into the new. So this, that's the people group we're talking to. But the Lord says in this new time where all things have been made new, there'll be no more false signs, wonders allowed by the Balaam's, the evil kings, queens, priests, evil judges, or councils, because their words don't hold truth. And their words are from the mouth gates choosing to walk in the earth where the devil holds power and they don't know their worth. But in this new time, the obedient choose to allow me to rebuild their watch, which has helped many recognize the enemy's false clock because I was not about to allow the enemy or his timekeepers to steal this moment in history because Satan is not the creator. I am. And I know all of heaven's mysteries. And I see all demonic time benders forcefully trying to co-create with me without realizing that their hearts were far away from me, aligned in time outside of my own or my will. So, yes, this is a time I'm forcing hell's time to stand still. But it's also a time for my people to rejoice because I sent in warriors who made a hard choice. You see, many who's, who were Joseph's were called to fire a long time ago while I used them to steer my clock of time higher, my boat, into a deeper love flow. Pardon me, resetting it and forcing it to align with the divine time of heaven so that all would see how a good father protects thee while your enemy tried to destroy thee with leaven, meaning he tried to corrupt your heart by hitting you with trauma after trauma after trauma for 30 years where you would develop the heart of the enemy instead of the heart of the love of God. But this is not that time, says the Lord. It's the time from above. It's time for the miraculous, not for hell below. But while I have been crushing false prophets, time benders, those who tried to tell, working with the devil's timepiece, the Lord says he's so cheap. He tried to force God's sheep to try to keep time with the earth when only heaven can teach and draw a heart and how they should give birth. And so Satan was trying to co-create outside of the divine or by blinding hearts from seeing truth because of their inability to see in time. You feel like you've been having a hard time seeing <clears throat> this is why, because heaven is touching earth. And so you've got strange fire and Holy ghost fire at the same time. You've got to choose life, not death. And despite the options of truth, many sheep have still chosen to align with the leaven, meaning they're choosing their flesh over the things of the spirit which keeps them earthbound and powerless, missing their opportunities of kingdom. But alas, says the Lord, I'm marrying a heavenly bride, not the devils or those choosing to align outside of the divine. Because as history repeats itself, a heart that is misaligned has chosen that master as their history has been defined or has defined them. 
meaning the seeds that they've planted and the things that they've chosen through the flesh, because you reap what you sow. So your heart kind of finds you out in the things that you choose. And he ultimately gives us the ability to choose which master we're going to serve. So the wheel of time, some of you now find yourselves in, it will perfect you or it will define you in your sin. So which time you keep, which time do you keep from heaven above or below heavens from heaven above or hell below? Because all heavenly experiences are defined by the type of seed that you've sowed. This is a line of demarcation where your past actions have had you grown either into greater light from heaven or into the greater darkness. So I didn't try to make that wrong. I just read it as it was because I'm so tired right now. But you get the gist of it. God gave us a choice. He's been giving us a choice for a long time now. And I believe he's been using these abilities to make these choices to help us to choose the master we're going to serve. We're either going to choose to serve our flesh and stay stuck earthbound, or we're going to come up above everything. And we're going to start serving the Lord, sitting beside him in heavenly places. And I believe this also has to do, and I said it on, what's today? Tuesday? No, today's Friday. I'm so tired. You can't even think right now. Um, but I said it on Tuesday, when I was talking about we're seated beside Christ in heavenly places. And the problem that the body had was getting cleaned up because everybody thinks they're okay. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm okay. You're okay. But yet everybody's acting like hell. Three-fourths of the church are acting like hell, acting out of character, and they're being pressured by the strange fire. So you, you see what's being revealed in their hearts. And God's like, you can't hide your heart from me, says the Lord. I already saw what you sowed. So you either have a choice of getting cleaned up and coming up or getting stuck below. You get earthbound. So this is where we find ourselves. Some people find themselves um, and they're stuck in time. They're stuck in some place of an old C2 from years before. And so that they've been stuck in time. And so this is why so many people are feeling that they're behind right now. You've ever felt like you were behind? Like you're behind the eight ball, kind of like you need to catch up, play catch up. And and the only way you can ca- get caught up is to allow God to clean you up. And unless you choose to do that, you're going to stay in what's familiar to you, which is your flesh. And that's where most people settle. And then they wonder why their dreams don't come true. And the Lord said, how do you expect to see change? If you refuse to change or be changed, especially if you're a leader. And just because you've been serving behind a pulpit for a few years, doesn't mean that you have everything all figured out or that you don't need some cleaning up. We're all in transformation. You will always be cleaned up and continually, hopefully, uh, be transformed and continue to be transformed until the day we go home. There's always room for improvement. But when we think that we've walked with God for so long that we're fine, is where you miss the divine because you get too settled. And I believe what's happened is that a lot of people have gotten so settled and thinking, ah, I've made it, you know, I've done this and I'm, I'm okay. You know, everything's okay. I've got this big ministry or what have you, but yet we have so many people in old wineskins. We have so many people um, settling for second best. And then we see different, uh, the different ministry people or people in ministry 
allowing Jezebel at the top in their ranks. And God says not to tolerate the spirit of Jezebel, lest he spew you out. You don't know why? Because if you let Jezebel in your ranks, in your leadership, what happens at the head trickles down like the oil on the beard of Aaron. And so it, it's really, really important that we pay attention to these things in the times that we live. And so this is why God is saying, get cleaned up, get cleaned up, get cleaned up. So you can tell time. And you know, if you know anything about, let's talk about David. That's what I talked about today. We're going to go back to David and talk about David. Hey guys, get out, or good evening. I forget what time it is. I'm so tired. But I'm going to take my time with this because I didn't get to do this today. And I was so worried about the uh, the communications and the the uh, the technical stuff that I didn't take my time. And I'm going to take my time tonight. And I'm going to talk to you about this because I think it's so important that you understand where you're at. And like, I feel like the body right now is in this dull place. You're just numb. Some of you are just numb. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what prophets to believe. You don't know what leaders to believe. And so I'm going to challenge you with this. I'm going to challenge you because let me tell you, it was hell getting on here tonight. You know what I had to do to get this message on here tonight? I had, to, I'm just going to tell you, this is how bad the devil didn't want this message to go out. And he can go to hell where he belongs. Go to hell, devil. I don't care. I'm going to keep coming on and I'll keep coming back and coming back and coming back. But I'm going to get this message out there for God's people. But they hate me. They do. They hate the truth. They don't want you hearing the truth. But this is where I believe you're at. I believe that we have a the church, three-fourths of the church that got stuck. They're not getting enlightened. They're not getting cleaned up. Therefore, they've gotten numb. And then they see all this mess going on in the nation and all around the world. And I don't know about you, but that would make me ask a few questions. I would be asking a few questions at that point, thinking, God, why are, why are we not free? Because I know that God is a good God. That's the God I serve. He's a wonderfully good God. I don't care what happens around me. He'll always be good. And he always finishes what he starts. But if you know time and you can tell time, then you can discern the divine. And you can discern which prophets are aligned with the divine and which ones are speaking in the flesh. And I can sense it like that. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you need to get cleaned up. <laughs> I'm thinking, nope, flip that off. Nope, no, no, no. You're speaking through your fears. And a lot of them are. They're speaking, we got to do this and we got to do that. And I'm thinking, and there's no fear in love. What are you thinking? You need to get deliverance. So when you're abiding in Christ and he's abiding in you and you're ascending and descending constantly and spending time with him daily. And a lot of people think that they are, but they're cut off from the king. They're cut off from the truth because their flesh keeps them earthbound. And then they're not hearing what God's really saying for that hour. So they're speaking what they think they're hearing. They're speaking through filters. Pardon me, please. They're, they're speaking what they think that they're hearing, but you know what, what they're really hearing? They're listening to the demons on their vessels. That's what they're hearing. And they don't want you to know that. They don't want anybody to know that. And the devil doesn't, definitely doesn't want you to know that, especially the occult. Because you know what? They want you staying stuck. They want you listening to false prophets and staying in a wilderness wondering to where you never get your nation back. And you know what? God said, go to hell, devil. This isn't your time. It's mine. It's time for the divine. And I am coming back, but it's not that time. And so why do you think the Lord taught you 
or has been teaching us how to co-create with him. We're seated beside him in heavenly places. So if that's the case, then he doesn't waste anything. God says, I've given you all power and all dominion to uh, have dominion over the beasts of the field and over the birds of the air so that you can take dominion over the devil that's in the earth and over the occult that's been coming at you. Instead of sticking your head in the ground like a camel and acting like it's not there. That's where three-fourths of the church is at. And they would rather me, like people like me, just to shut up and let them stay with their head in the ground. But you know what? I'm not willing to live your lie with you. I am not. I'm not living the LBGTQ lie with them. I'm not living living, uh, the church's lie with them. With three-fourths of you, I'm living up above. I'm living in love. I am going to have what God tells me I can have. And the rest of you, I love you, but you'll get what you get. Because you're settling for what? You think you have as far as what what is at your disposal, which is your flesh. That's what you've settled for. <clears throat> Frustrates me. And you know what is good? This is where we're going to step into the conversation. It's because the truth that people have believed up at this point in time is so far from the truth. And it's all it's all based around the flesh. It's all based around the flesh. It's based around the apparatus of religion. It's based around witchcraft, and it's based around the, the apparatus of death. It's The flesh is death. You know that, right? There's no life there. It's, it's keeping you in a structure locked in to man's ways, man's perception of who he thinks God is versus who God has given revelation about who he is. And they're trying to keep you from stepping back up into love. That's the ultimate goal. So the other thing is I want to bring to to your attention is this, and this is just me speculating. You've heard the prophets talk about leaders on all seven mountains who are fixing to be exposed big time. I mean, exposed like never before. A lot of them are caught up in money laundering. A lot of them are caught up in corruption. And I mean the church too. Don't, don't, don't dismiss the church. A lot of them have used and stayed under the apparatus of religion and death to pilfer the sheep and fleece the sheep. And it was a, an operation from the top down on all seven mountains, from the government level connected to the church, to the education mountain, business mountain, arts and entertainment, media, you bet. It's everywhere. So it's about time that we start waking up and realizing in order to come up above this crap, you've got to step into the divine, which means you're going to have to get rid of a few things that keep you earthbound, that keep you out of the truth. God is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way the truth, and the life. If you want to learn what the truth is, then step up a few levels so you can actually hear his voice and get out of your flesh suit. Because all I hear is a lot of people calling me like, Dr. Missy, I'm so tired of things being the same. Well, get free. How about trying some deliverance ministry? Get free. That'll change things right quick for you. That's how you come near a holy God. You get cleaned up. You want to know? Okay, let me say it like this. When a king sits on his throne, would you show up in your shabby little clothes, your grave clothes? Say you've been out mowing the grass or you've been out and you're looking all grubby and your hair's not done and no makeup on. And you're going to go show up in front of a king just like that. And you think he's going to receive you. Would you show up in front of, although she's deceived or not deceived, but deceased Queen Elizabeth. Would you show up in front of Queen Elizabeth like that? 
No, you would not. You would go buy a brand new dress or a new suit. You would look your best. So why on earth would you ever think it was acceptable to show up in front of a holy God with your nasty little self looking like you are, and then you show up in church acting like hell? Some of you, a lot of people. A lot of people. And it's not just the sheep in the audience space. It's leaders and their staff. I'm hearing it all over the place. I've got connections. And my friends want to quit the ministry because they're so sick and tired of the crap. So yeah, it's time to pull our heads out of the sand. It's time to get cleaned up. It's time to grow up so we can meet the king. And actually hear the truth about a few things and quit walking around and getting locked into this wilderness wondering where people wonder what's going on in our nation. You want to know what's going on in our nation? The enemy's had control for far too long. And unless you learn to stand up and buck up, buck, I'm going to say it, suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up. Suck it up and quit whining and complaining. What's going on? What's going on? You need to stand up. You need to get cleaned up. And then you need to show up in front of the king so he can actually speak to you about a few things and course correct you and quit allowing yourself to get all bent and offended over when the truth is told to you. That's what needs to happen. And that's what's fixing to happen and must happen and will happen if you want things to change. You're going to learn to hear the truth about a few things and quit getting offended and walking away like, I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go home. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. rest of us are going to Go on without you. The clouds moving by day, a pillar of fire by night. See you later. Have a nice life. Just business to me. That's the place we've now found ourselves in. And people are like, that's not very loving, Dr. Missy. Yeah, actually, it is loving. Love will get tough on you. Love will make you grow up. God is love. God is love. And love, I believe God is fed up. If you noticed, he's drawn back from a lot of you. The enemy knew what it would take to get him to draw back from you so that you would have no firepower. And hence, you stayed stuck in that old wineskin instead of asking questions for the hour. Saying, why? I don't know. I would have been asking questions. When God draws back from me, that means one of two things. It means I've sinned or he's making me press in deeper to go up higher. So when you refuse to ask questions, guess who gets left behind? It's time to start asking some hard questions. We can get our nation back. And quit allowing foolish leaders, I'll even go so far as to say stupid leaders, to actually think that it's okay to keep doing the same old, same old. It worked yesterday. What kind of God do you serve? Is your God stagnant? Mine's not. Mine continues moving me into the new. I don't want to serve a stagnant God. I don't want to serve behind you. Because look at the way a lot of you behave. So no, you go serve the devil. I want to serve the God of love. And yes, he does get tough from above. I don't know about your parents. My parents raised me. If I screwed up, they said, you get your butt in gear. If you do this, you're going to get this. And they held me accountable. That was the parents I was raised under. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Don't dispute my word when I ask you to do something. And when I ask you to do it, I didn't hear. I didn't just speak to hear myself talk, Melissa. Go do it. That was my military dad. 
but he also loved God. And he, he was in the military because he loved to serve others. Love is others oriented. We have a self-serving church now. We have a self-serving nation, self-focused. And it's actually time to get your focus and your eyes off yourself if you want your nation back. Which brings me to David. Brings me to little imperfect David. And you know, David, everybody knows David. He was a man after God's own heart. And you know, sometimes I wonder about him. I've asked this a million times in the last five or six months. I wonder what he thought when Saul was chasing him. I wonder if he cussed at him. I wonder if I do. I do. I wonder. You got to wonder. Because he had a slip up in the cave. He had a slip up. He cut his rope. So you got to know by that time, he's a little bit irritated, a little bit agitated with him. But he, he got real convicted real fast. And he was like, oh, shouldn't have done that. And he repented because he knew he was anointed. But you got to wonder what he thought. Because he was just as human as you and I. This is where the conversation goes back to the psychological aspect of what we're walking through. I'm trying to, well, the reason why I'm being so real with you, by the way, and it's, this is probably a great thing that I'm redoing this tonight because it makes me get real the second time. But I am going to be very, very, really, really honest. And this is the problem in the church. It's because when you come into church, think about this. Think about your demeanor when you go into church. How many of you, we're going to get back to David. We're still on David. How many of you go into church and the minute, minute you walk in, you put your church face on, your church demeanor on? How many of you do that? Or you find yourself doing that? I'm so glad I wasn't raised in church because I feel sorry for the people who get stuck there in that demeanor. Thinking that you have to perform. You're a chameleon for everybody you run into. I'm not a chameleon. This is how I am in front of the camera. This is how I am behind the camera. What you see is what you get. And I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I'm very comfortable talking to you, anybody, and talking to you about Christ. I'm not braggadocious. I hope I, I'm hoping I don't sound like that. If I, if I am, please forgive me. But this is how I am. And I think this is how we should always be. And I remember a time when I sat in a pew and someone walked. I was so sick of it. I, I went back to church after my dad died. And this woman sat down beside me. And I thought, oh, God, here they come. And Because I, I, I didn't want to be there. I was mad at God. Mad at God for letting my dad die. And, and it wasn't him that let my dad die, by the way. It was, it was witchcraft that took my dad out. But um, I sat there. And this woman, she'd been eyeballing me. And I thought, oh, God bless America. She's going to come sit by me. And I thought, Lord, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I don't, want, I don't want to even talk to you. I don't know why I'm here. And bigger than Dallas, she came and sat beside me. And she whispered, she was this really sweet, uh, gentle woman. And she said, how are you today? I said, I'm crappy. How are you? Just like that. It's exactly what I said. And she started just roaring, laughing. And then she said, finally, somebody's honest with me here. Finally. And I looked at her and I thought, I didn't offend. <laughs> I didn't. That, and I wasn't trying to offend her. I was just being honest. She said, thank you for being honest with me. I said, this is me all the time, 24-7. Hope you don't run off. But that's how I was. The short time that. I, before I switched over to virtual, because I just could not deal with the Jezebelian spirit in the church. This is 25 years ago, before I understood about the five-fold five giftings and understood about the Looney Tune people that tried to operate in the five-fold giftings and trying to be somebody they're not. And, and they do this crazy crap where they lay hands and they start shaking on purpose. And it's like, stop it. I tell these people, stop. 
You look stupid. Just be yourself. Let the spirit flow through you. He does the work, not you. You don't have to add to it. Because when you do, you make yourself just look stupid. And they're like, that is so rude, Miss. You can't tell people that. And I thought, y'all are goofy. This this embarrasses me. For God is embarrassed by this, I feel like. Just be yourself. So going back to you and David, I believe that day in the cave, David was himself. He was himself. I believe he had to be a good leader. And I believe he had to keep it together for his men. So he knew that he had to set a standard. And, and regardless, and, and this, is, this is the key of the whole crux of the conversation tonight, is that I've been thinking about this lately too, thinking when people step back into the, we're going back to the basics of love. You know that, right? We're going back into love. We're not, we're not going anywhere new. We're going back to love. That's where God's taking those of you who want to come up and out. So <laughs> I was thinking to myself, people are going to feel so stupid when they get there into that place of love and they realize how they were, I, this is how I would think if I were wearing a mask, I'd be thinking, are you kidding me? You mean I could have just been myself the whole time and he would have loved me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does right now. Ah, imagine that's a novel idea. Okay, so let's go back to David. So David knew this the whole time. David knew this about God the whole time. That's why he was such a friend of God. Because he knew that God was a lover of souls. And he knew he was he knew him as a friend. Do you? Or do you have this this thou? I am so holy attitude. I am more holy than you, God. I know more than you, God. I've been in ministry of you, God. And I can't. And Jesus made wine and he had, his, he had wine at weddings. Have you people lost your minds? He said not to be drunk with wine. Really? Really? <laughs> Some people make themselves look stupid. Stuck on stupid. That's a Jesse Duplantis comment for you. God bless you forever, Duplantis. And don't get me wrong because I don't drink, but I do have wine at Christmas and stuff like that. But you know what, man? <laughs> it's not like I get hung up on it. But this whole, this mess, these people get caught up in, it's like you are so fake. Take your mask off and, and get honest because you're going to do it anyway when you go home. Everybody does it when they go home. You You take that demeanor that demeanor mask off that chameleon mask off when you go home hey christy so let's get back to david <laughs> i'm on my soapbox you know i'm glad i did this twice i'm so glad i did this twice how did you guys like that ronald reagan video at the beginning that's for all of our soldiers but this is what david went through by the way david was a man after god's own heart and he truly he truly did serve God honestly. He served him honestly. And the difference between he and Saul was, and it's what made Saul intimidated by him, because David was so comfortable in his own skin. He was so comfortable. I, I loved David and I loved Peter. I still do. Loved David and Peter. I can relate with him. I can relate with Gideon. Um, Gosh, who else can I relate with? But those are my primary. I respect Paul. I, I used to not like Paul. 
until I got into it. Well, I had God really talked to me about Paul. I've had a few trips to heaven and I've seen Paul. He's a very sweet man. But he's, he was a man who was forgiven of much. And so he was very, very serious about his walk, but he knew the word. <clears throat> Paul really knew the word. But David and Peter are my favorites. And it's because they were rough around the edges. <clears throat> they were found on the, not David, but Peter was found on the boat docks. So I can really relate with Peter. He was a fisherman. And I just, I just like his demeanor. I liked his honesty. I like David's honesty. But if you know anything about David, this is a good, the coolest part about David is that he was kind. He was a kind shepherd. He, he was on the backside of a mountain when he was found. And he was always showing evidence of love. And he knew how to leave the fear of truth behind. He wasn't afraid of the truth. Are you afraid of the truth? He wasn't afraid of the truth. And by the way, that's about the camels with their head in the ground. Why would you be afraid of truth when it's the truth that sets you free from things? And why does it take bad things happening in our lives to get us to deal with truth? Why should it go that far? David knew this. And he was a very proactive king. Because he practiced God all the time. He practiced truth all the time. And if you want to get into the divine, you're going to start practicing the truth all the time. And you're going to start taking off these chameleon demeanors and these chameleon faces and start learning to be comfortable with yourself. That's part of walking in the divine. Which when, when you feel so comfortable and you, I don't even know how to express it to you because I've just always been me. So I'm with me 24-7. I'm kind of stuck with me. <laughs> I'm kind of stuck with me. Yeah, that's me. Jesus is kind of stuck with me too, hopefully. Um, but yeah, um, you have to be comfortable with yourself. You have to be. So David was this, and um, you'll take the truth right on. Hey, Patty, it's good to see you, man. But he, he was okay with the truth and not his version of it because he practiced love. He walked in truth. And when we practice love and walk in truth, we practice the light of Christ. In his ways. And then we start to experience heaven on earth. And I think, you know, the reason why God does that, when we start practicing God's ways and we start walking in the truth, it's because it makes us realize our frailness. Have you realized that? And you realize real quick who's God and who's not. He's, it's not me. I'm not God. I'm not your God. I'm just a woman who loves God. Cry. And I'm just here to help you Step into a higher dimension of him. And let me tell you, boy, they're the religious right. They attack the crud out of me, man. They hate my guts. And, you know, I'm not real fond of them either. <laughs> I think some of them need a good shellacking, a good shellacking to where, you know, in the, you know what they do in the military with people like that? When you don't obey orders and you just raise hell and you want to give people a hard time, they give you a baseball bat and a blanket experience. I'm kind of into that sometimes too. So <laughs> I think those people need a few of that. Some of these sheep need a few of that, but it might pull them out of their doldrums. I don't know. But that's just me talking. So despite the resistance that David experienced in his kingship, he did know and he did feel comfortable in his relationship with God. And he actually met a friend in Saul's household and he was an unlikely character. He actually made a friend through Jonathan. And Jonathan was just as down to earth as David was. And so 
he could relate with David, and he could relate with God the same way. And sometimes we meet people like that, even in the body, and we feel that down-to-earth kindred spirit with them. And so we're able to pull the chameleon mask off. And I think because of Jonathan and that genuineness of that relationship, even with the bad experiences what David had with Saul, King Saul, he still wanted to honor Saul's family out of love for Jonathan, out of his kindred spirit with Jonathan. And you'll meet those types in the church. You will meet the, the treasure chest here and there in the church of people who are willing, willing to get real before God, and they're willing to walk, you, walk with you through fire to help you get to destiny. And this is what Jonathan did with David. He was willing to walk through fire with him to help him get into destiny. And I believe at the end of David's testing, a lot of you are going through testing right now, and, and God is saying, I'm taking you through testing to get you out of the old into the new. And this transition place that you're going through, just like David had to go through with Saul, it's making you grow up and become heavenly focused. Or if you're choosing to stay earthbound, you're just showing God who you are. That's really what it's all about. That was the same testing that Saul went through with David. And God differentiated that truth between both men there. Where he showed who Saul was, and then he showed who David was. And he showed who was wearing the mask and who wasn't. So, at the end of that test, David honored Saul, and he honored Jonathan by honoring a member of Saul's family. His name was Mahibasheth. And if you know anything about that story, the boy was born lame. And so, God uh, had David call him in and have him sit at the king's table. And when you, you're invited to sit at the king's table, that's where a lot of a lot of that's where God is calling a lot of you. He's inviting you to come sit with the king. Come up and he'll teach you a few things. Instead of always staying earthbound and, and being uh, troubled with what's below. Because when you're in the know, trust me, I don't care about what's going on below because I know God's fixing to take care of it. And he's fixing to take care of a few troubled people or problematic people like he did Saul. So God's very, very aware of what's going on in our nation right now. And all he's been focused on is trying to pull you up, trying to pull us up. But David knew this. And he knew that he had a responsibility to choose to walk in truth, which aligned him correctly in time. It helped him to align with the divine to help him to become a ruler over much. And because of his obedience, he had to choose. Just like you, he had to choose. But because he chose rightly and he chose life during C2, he had C2. C2s have been going on for years. The only difference between then and now is that we didn't notice him as much years ago because the church was aligned in time. And so we didn't have all the witchcraft that we deal with today. We didn't have all the interruptions and the ticks in our clocks that we deal with today. And so we didn't have all the strange fire that we deal with today. We were just had the pressure of some of our testings that we walk through. Now, we deal with strange fire of the witchcraft that's around us, and then we deal with Holy Ghost fire. And so God's saying, choose life. You have life and death. Strange fire represents death. Holy Ghost fire represents life. Choose life. Come up and speak to me, says the Lord. Come sit at the king's table so you can get the king's decree. But these are the opportunities that arise and give us the opportunity to operate in true righteousness. And it's usually what makes people fear the truth when you walk into the room. Because you start carrying a heavy presence when God shows up with you. Because when you start hanging out with the king, you develop friendship with him. 
He likes developing friendship with you. But you have to choose to operate in truth to get there and you have to get cleaned up. And so we're in a pre- we're in a season right now where we're learning to choose to do things God's way, not our own. And it's what makes the fear in others when people get around you. When you start finding out whose you are and who you are, like David did, he knew who he was. David knew who he was when Saul was attacking him. He knew that he was going to be king. God had already told him. He had written it on his promise ring. Remember, if you're called to be a part of the bride of Christ, thank you, Lord. God has usually given you a prophetic promise a long time ago or a few years ago that you've been hanging on to. You've been decreeing. You've been saying these things back to the Lord in your prayer time. And those are the love, the love notes that God writes to his bride. If you're wearing his ring, He's made you a few promises about a few things. When I marry you, that's what he's saying. That's the day of fullness, the appointed time. That's time for the divine. For God wants to help you align and come into the fullness of your time. That's when you start being covered with the glory. That's where God starts to rewrite your story and he redeems the time that the enemy's stolen. Yeah. But. David knew this, and he knew that in order to step into divine alignment and time, he had to get free from a few things and operate in true righteousness. And by doing this, this meant he had to do things God's way, not his own way. And, and I don't know about you, but for me, as I've been coming forward in the last three years, there have been many opportunities for me to do things my own way. Many op- and trust me when I tell you this, <clears throat> I have had attacks from crazy people, crazy out of their mind people that supposedly lot. Some of them are on big on. They have their podcasts, crazy out of their ever loving minds, Jezebels, falsely accusing, trying to start arguments over nothing, and all because of jealousy and insecurity. This is how petty the church has gotten. This is the true state of the church. And so David knew this. He knew that in order to step into his divine time as king, if he was going to rule and reign with God, he had to do things God's way, not his own way. And when he started doing it, it brought in authenticity. And so when he got around other people like Jonathan or people that needed to talk to the king, their fear dissipated. Because they sensed the true love and kindness that he exhibited. <clears throat> he was rightly aligned. That's what happens when you get rightly aligned in time. You're not intimidated by people. You know who you are. Um, Lord's saying in this hour, though, you're going to have to prepare yourself. Thank you, Lord, for showing me this like this. Because today, this, this didn't make sense when I said it earlier, but I do I understand it now. You're going to have to prepare yourself for those of you who are getting aligned. That as you come forward and you're coming into the glory, not everybody's going to get you, nor do they want to hear your story. I'm not trying to rhyme. I'm being honest. They, they're not, not everybody's rooting for you. As sadly as that is, because although the Bible says you grieve with people when they grieve and you rejoice with people when they rejoice. But the problem is, is that we have so many people without identity in the church that they are they're operating in their flesh to the max 
<clears throat> and they've got the devil's heart because they haven't been getting free to cultivate God's heart. So they can't give you what they don't have. So I'm going to invite you, even tonight, as you listen to this, put away all your unrealistic expectations of people if you want to cultivate the divine. Because this is a season of transition right now as God's moving you through your time to help you step out of your old and grow up into the new. God's saying, you've chosen to mature. You've chosen the best thing. So yes, I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to sup with you, says the Lord. But don't get dismayed when you extend your heart to people and they can't receive what you've got. This is what happened to David. And he, he tried, even after Saul was taken out, <clears throat> pardon me, he went through the same type of persecution because they didn't like him. They didn't like his style of doing things. They didn't know love. Hello, people can't give what they don't have. If you're operating in a certain level of the spirit and somebody else is on a different spiritual page than you, they can't give you what they don't have. They're not where you're at. So that's an unrealistic expectation. So you're going to have to walk in with a realistic type of uh, uh, heart condition. And either you're going to let God separate you from those people or you're going to learn to have patience around them. But either way, you're going to have to learn to deal with it because this is what's coming. And so David knew that their perceptions had blinded them. And regardless of what he tried to do, they couldn't receive what he was trying to give to them. And he extended it. And he experienced this when he was trying to extend kindness to Hanan, H-A-N-N-A-N, who rejected him because David didn't walk in the same level of kingdom that Hanan did, or he didn't do life as Hanan would have done it. Hello, he was in an old wineskin. This is where we find ourselves at. So this is what I'm going to invite you to do as well. And I asked God about this today. I said, you know, God, I know we're getting ready for revival. It's already starting around us. And it's showing up in pockets of the church here and there. How do you want us to deal with these people, especially as a deliverance minister? He said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you cultivate patience. And I thought, oh, my. help me. Pray that on me. <laughs> and he's like, no, you have to. Because these people don't understand what they're operating in. Three-fourths of the church have no clue. They're stuck. Some of them do. They're wondering. Some of the ones on the fringes, I've talked about them. They realize at this point in time, because they're noticing that something's off. And they're hearing two groups of prophets speak. And some of them, none of their stuff's coming to pass because they're false prophets. And they're out of alignment with God. And then you have a whole group of us over here where we're saying, no, God is saying this is happening, that God is going to reestablish our nation. And he is. He's going to reestablish America. It's going to be better than it was before. And, and it's hard for this group over here to see. And the sheep are listening to both these groups and thinking, well, who's, who's, who's telling the truth and who's lying? Well, the reason these people's prophecies aren't coming to pass is because they're considered an evil. I'm not saying they're evil, but this is what they're considered, a Balaam's prophet. Because if God didn't speak it, it has to fall to the ground. And if they're speaking through their flesh and they're at a certain level of the spirit where they haven't been delivered from their grave clothes yet, <clears throat> their perceptions are off. Meaning that they're listening to demons on their own vessel. They're not hearing the Lord. 
So then you have an evil king, queen, priest, evil prophet, evil judge, or counsel that's operating in the spirit. So you know what happens then? So we've got all this mess being released into the atmosphere from all these people over here who are out of alignment with God. Hello, uh, witchcraft prayers, <laughs> witchcraft words. And then we have the true prophet's words trying to go up, and it's creating this whole convoluted atmosphere in the second heavens where it's a schizophrenia, schizophrenic atmosphere. And so the angels don't know what to do. They're like, well, if we go, yes, no, maybe so. If we don't, we won't go. We're going back to David in a second. And the problem is, is you have so many people on different spiritual pages, and we've got three-fourths of these people not willing to get cleaned up. And so God's like, you got to get cleaned up if you want to come up. And then they get mad, and they try to shut people like me down <laughs> because we won't let them control us. And it's like, no, you're not controlling me. God's the one that controls me. Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. But anyway, I submit. You're just not my authority head. I have authority over me. It's just not some of you gurus who th out there thinking that you are. And so this is the new move where they're trying to control the new move now. And they're trying to control people that are operating in the move. And because these religious people, the three-fourths of the people are so screwed up that they want, and they can't be a part of what the new move is until they get cleaned up. And they'll never be able to because they're so far behind now. But now they're angry because they got left behind. So they're trying to shut us down because they're like, no, if I can't do it, nobody's going to do it. Instead of putting the nation first, like a normal human being would. They're all butthurt. And they're acting around, acting like 16-year-olds. I don't care what that sounds like. That's the truth. Acting like a freaking 16-year-old instead of putting the nation first so everybody can get free. They're worried about their own careers. They're worried about, <clears throat> well, what's that going to leave me if I can't do it? Nobody can. Freaking grow up. Grow up. And I thank God he's moving these people out of the way. Thank you, Jesus. Move them on. Matter of fact, drop kick them out of the way. That's how angry I am over them. It's, it's just so ridiculously stupid. But this is the level of tough love we're stepping into. God's like, you do it my way or I'm going to kick you out of the way. Get out. And that sounds harsh for where we're at. But God is tired of messing around with people. He's tired of messing around with people. And people, matter of fact, I was sensing just yesterday that God, and this is the way God told it to me, actually. He showed me the clock of God. And I all of a sudden started seeing these lines be pulled out of the clock. And I said, what's that, God? And he said, those are timelines of people who I'm uprooting them from the earth. I'm uprooting them. On my time because they didn't want to align with me and i put them into the earth to do a specific thing but they refused to do it my way so yeah they have to go i had to bring a lot of them home i'm going to be he's going to be bringing a lot of people home so that's what that is so back to david oh wow we're going to go over we're just going to go over because i'm just going to take my time tonight if you want to hang out you can hang out with me if not that's cool so this is what happened, though, when David tried to extend his kindness to Hannah. He didn't believe who he was. Hannah was stuck in an old wineskin. And David was going to do what God was going to tell him to do. <clears throat> and this is where we're at right now. So sometimes God wants us to know that sometimes the king's servants are treated badly because the sheep don't trust their motives. And if you know anything about God, <clears throat> pardon me. 
I don't know about you, but the people that have made the biggest impact on my life were the ones who actually used tough love on me. I, I didn't get, I got a swift kick sometimes growing up. I wasn't a, an innocent person. Trust me. I want to tell you my background. You can read about it in my book, Fragmented or Memoirs, <clears throat> where I talk about my, my wild child antics and, and my poor parents, you know. But you, 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 if you want to live a good life, if you want to have your life back, in this hour, you're going to do what the Lord says to do. That's the only choice we have. It is the only choice we have. And so a heart that has never been loved, though, <clears throat> um, or has never felt loved, it's going to have a hard time in this place. Some of you are going to have a hard time in this place because of the fear of getting hurt again, like you have in times past. And God's saying, I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. Because this time it's going to be different. Because when I teach you how to trust me again, says the Lord, when I say trust me, the reason why he's showing up in, in, in the prophetic and continually reassuring us, a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, is because he's teaching us as the body to trust him again. And so that's why he's also saying, be careful who you're connected to, their roots and their fruits. And it's also being careful um, who crosses your path and who you're listening to. Because you don't want to get polluted again while God's trying to clean you up from somebody operating in a spirit of Jezebel. Hello, that spirit's main objective is to spread its bitterness on its words. So how do you know them? By How do we know God's people? By his love. How do we know Jezebelian spirit? Ask God to reveal them. Ask God to show you that person's heart. He surely will. And if you get a check in your spirit, then you need to listen to it in this hour. You're probably 100% right on. 100% right on. But I would, I would encourage all of you to listen to the truthers. Start listening to the truthers. Even though it's hard at first, you will grow once you adjust to it in your spirit, man. At first, it sounds abrasive. But what happens is that your spirit, man, starts getting so much revelation that you're like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see this before? Why didn't I see this before? And then you start craving it. You just start craving it. And so the truth stops being so a, a fearful thing to us when we start stepping into it and letting God minister to us the way he always meant to. This is stepping back into love. God is the way, the truth, and the life. Hello, God is love. And love will sometimes get tough on you. And don't you think if we're at this late of an hour where things have gotten so bad, where we're seeing people act so crazy, that wouldn't God need to use some sternness in his tone to try to get our attention? Wouldn't you think that would be the late hour that he'd start using and ratcheting up his tone a little bit? Didn't your parents do that when you started getting out of a line or out of alignment? Listen, Ray, you better get your butt in. I heard things like that. You better not ever let me. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Okay, so that brings us to John 15, 1 through 27. I'm not trying to flog this dead horse. And it's talking about your one precious commodity you know you have one precious commodity that's your life that's also your time and how you spend it how you spend it because you want to know why because time is the one thing you never get back the lord says time is mine and yesterday and today the lord has been talking about how many people are so busy trying to get to their there there 
They're there, there. They wanted to get there. I got to get there. I, we're such a busy society. I got to get there yesterday. I got to have it with my McDonald's drive-thru mentality. Without realizing that God just wants you to enjoy your today. And I really believe this has to do with what I just talked to you about, too, about learning to trust God again. <clears throat> that when God tells you something, he promises you something. We get so amped up in trying to uh, get where we think we should be without realizing God's the only one who can take it. He's the only one. Nobody can get you there but him. And I see this mindset affecting a lot of people right now, a lot of my clients even, where like, Dr. Missy, I'm just so far behind. I just And those are usually the Josephs. The Josephs are the ones who are really affected because they're the ones that have been tested the last 30 years. And so they feel like their whole life has been put on hold. And everything we've seen, people go by and, and life passes by. And we're the ones getting test after test after test where people are mocking us and saying, oh, what did you do to have God punish you like that? Family members, everything like that. And it's like, did, did it ever dawn on you that maybe you found favor with God? Joseph? Joseph found favor with God. He was being prepared for a, a really high position, David. He was walking through a test. And so, I don't know about you, but this is where we come to this place where, you know, I know God already knows we're already tired. <clears throat> and now we're being faced with the challenge of believing and trusting God. And he's asking us, if we think it's going to be worth it to change, do you think it's going to be worth it to trust God and go walk in this new place of change? Or is it challenging your heart to say, well, I'm this age and I'm 58. I'm going to be 59 this year. And, and I don't know if I want to do that right now. I may able to stay right where I'm at. And, you know, it's not that bad, but that you go after day after day after day and you're miserable, miserable. Nothing changes. You show up to the same old job. And God's given you a dream, and he kept, he's he been telling you through the prophets, if you listen to the prophets, you're blessed. But if you do this, then you'll get this. Go do, just, just go try this. Just go, just go make that phone call. Go send your resume in. Whatever he told you to do. Yet here you sit doing the same thing over and over. What do they call that? Um, monotony or doing the same thing over and over again is crazy. Insanity? Is that insanity? So yeah, but he's trying to challenge you to say, Will you take that step with me? And will you believe when I tell you it's worth it? It's worth it to step into it. And believe me, when you get on the other side of that change, you're going to be so glad that you listened when you step into that wholeness and you start seeing what God wanted you to, wanted you to do and what he wanted to do through you the whole time. You'll be like, I cannot believe I didn't do this sooner. Because it's always worth it. It's always worth it trusting God. And work with God in any endeavor because God always sees the end from the beginning. He sees the end from the beginning. So yeah, he knows. Hey, Janet D. So he knows where he's taking us. And this is the hardest part. And this is what was so weird about this whole conversation earlier today, by the way, <clears throat> because I felt like, for one, this is a psychological conversation where he's like prepping us, if you want to know the truth. He's prepping us, trying to help us Move through these mud, move through the mud. Have you ever felt like you're like trudging through the mud in your intercession? And, and, it, and it makes you wonder, I don't know about you, but it makes me wonder, why am I doing this? Is this working? Is this working? <laughs> I'm glad I'm on late too. They, they blew my other one to smithereens. And so <clears throat> anyhow, glad I'm having this conversation with you. I'm a night owl anyway. I'll sleep in tomorrow. 
So anyway, but God's getting us. He's trying to prepare us. <clears throat> I believe he's also preparing us for revival. I believe he's prepping you to help you not give up on your dream. He's preparing you, David. I'm, I'm still on topic. He's preparing you, David, to try to help you stay the course because the witchcraft is getting so thick right now with the wheels coming together. They're, when they come together, they bring in mega pressure. You can always count on it between April 30th and September 15th. And the pressure is to get you to learn to choose. What happens when you learn to choose life? You develop the mind of Christ. What happens when you develop the mind of Christ? Like David, he realized he had to obey the word. And what happens when you obey the word is that you develop in love. You develop in love. What happens when you develop in love? You draw good things to yourself because you start ascending and descending. You start drawing heaven into your earth realm. And hello, that's when the glory comes. That's where the Lord has been trying to get you all along. That was the whole purpose of him teaching you how to co-create with him, seated beside him in heavenly places, to teach you, like David, how to rule and reign in heavenly things without losing identity. He's trying to teach you about who you are and whose you are. <clears throat> about who you are and who you, whose you are. And not to be in a hurry about it. Enjoy your life. That's our only job. Is to trust the process and keep climbing back into the wholeness so we can enter into divine time. Becoming divinely aligned with Christ's heart again. And if you know anything about that too, you're going to understand too that he's the branch, you're the vine. So we're, this is what dawned on me today, man. Before I was going to dinner tonight. And the truth dawned on me that years ago when the enemy got us out of Walking in love. He wanted us to walk in the flesh very, very purposefully. So that we would think that we were our own God. That was the enemy. That's what, that's what the world is operating in. Be all you can be. Be. You don't have to submit to a power greater than yourself. But you know what happens when you get in your flesh? What's happening to those lives is that they lose blessing. God doesn't give them divine things from heaven anymore. Because you want to know why? Because they're so busy trying to make it happen themselves. God's like, eh, that's as good as it gets for you. You're your own provider. Knock yourself out. I'm going to go to a vessel who knows that I'm God. And I'm going to show them love from above. And let me surely, let me tell you something. The one thing you can never do is out give a holy God. You won't ever be able to match his, his giving. Not ever. Everything God has ever done for me has been through his hand. And that's why everybody's like, well, Dr. Miss, you've been praying for that for a long time. You bet. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Why do you want to settle for seconds? Especially when you know, and, and all these things, Joseph, thank you, Holy Spirit. All these years, Joseph, a lot of you are saying in your hearts, I feel like, Dr. Miss, you don't know how long I've been You don't know what I've been through. Yes, I do. Trust me, I do. I've been right there alongside of you. I have. And God is saying, just a little bit longer, but you're almost there. He's saying, just, just wait on me. Heard it Tuesday saying, wait on me. And I'm sorry it's late. I know it's 1225. We need to wrap this up. I'm sorry this is so late tonight. But thank you for staying with me. So as we wrap this up, we're going to talk about Psalms 119, 49 to 64. And when it talks about walking through unjust affliction, 
because of your love and your faith. And God knows what it's cost you to walk here. He knows what it cost you to abide in Christ and to surround yourself with the King so that your heart can sing again. He, he knows what it's cost a lot of you to stay true to love. When everybody around you is doing whatever makes them feel good. Amen. And he, he knows, he does understand where you're at. He understands where you're at. And he went through the same thing. He went through the same thing. But I believe it's, it's the most important thing on God's heart right now, to me, is really showing his people how they really can trust the king. They, we really can trust him. We really can trust him. And so what we're seeing again, before I wrap up tonight, is when I compare the two streams, between the false prophets and the real prophets, is that the real prophets are at peace. Real prophets are joyful. And they're like, yeah, God said this, da da da, da. If you listen to Lana Bowser, King Christmas, John Kilpatrick, what's some other women, Veronica West. These are real prophets. The rest of them, uh, <laughs> I'll keep it to myself. But you're hearing you're hearing a lot of doom and gloom over here. And you're hearing life over here. So you're seeing who's operating a strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire. I'm going to entreat you to stay with the truthers. Stay with the truthers and learn to hear the truth of God. Learn to step into the hard things. It is so worth it. Yes, it is. The best is yet to come. His gentleness makes us great. And, and that's, you know, that's true. God is just good like that, man. He is so good like that. And But he does have a good plan. He has a, a phenomenal plan for, all, for this nation. And, and I really believe this is my take on this, too. What God is showing me is that for the end times, I believe this is going to go really, really well as we get this nation back for probably about 300 more years. Think about the, the prior glory. The prior glory started in, I want to say 1978. Now that was the first, it wasn't double. It was single, single glory. Now it's going to be the double portion, right? That's what you're hearing the prophet say. So the single glory lasted. It's just now finishing actually. And we're, Stepping into the double, it's now starting, just now starting. So the double, if it lasted 78 through, what is it, 2024, how many years is that? Let's just talk about this for a second, just one second. How many years is that? Can somebody help me? Get off my screen. Get off my screen. Here it is. 19 is 20, 23 minus 1978. That's 45 years. 45 years. And I think Kat Kerr was saying that she had seen 150 to maybe 300 years, in the, I want to say 300 years into the future, and Christ still hadn't come back. So I don't know what to tell you except to say, I'm trusting the king. And I really what I've sensed in my spirit is that they're going to realign the system over the United States, and it's going to be better than it was before. And it'll be great for a, a pretty good while, long after we go home to be born, until the enemy finds out, finds some way to hijack it. And that's when the end will come. That's what I'm saying. 
So anyway, let's wrap this up with Proverbs 16, 1 through 3. Thank you guys so much for joining me this 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 night on a Friday night. I uh, didn't think I'd have anybody on, but I'm really surprised to see all the people that came on board. So thank you. I hope you guys have a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm Dr. Missy. I do these on Fridays and Tuesdays. And so we try to rev you up for the weekend, and then rev you up for the weekend. But as we rev you up for your Memorial Day weekend again, uh, we want to thank our veterans and thank you guys so much for all your service. We really, really, we love you guys. We love you guys. Love our service people. But this is what Proverbs 16, 1 through 3 says. It's to humans belong the plans of the heart. Those are people in the flesh. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them. The motives are weighed by God. That's what God's looking at in this hour. And commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he'll establish your Don't try. I mean, I could talk your head off tonight, but prophetically, the only thing I know to tell you is from what I've experienced in my walk, because I'm taking their warfare right now from the religious right, is through the roof and God is getting ready to do some slam dunking on it's already happening he said Saul would wax weaker and weaker while David got stronger those are the two streams Saul's David's you've got to choose which king you're going to serve now I'm going to entreat you if you choose tonight when you get off this broadcast I'll pray this with you right now if you want to but I'm going to tell you before you pray it if you choose David, you're going to start going through some things. And so I'm going to invite you to start seeking out some truthers and start letting God. But I'm going to tell you, man, it's so worth it. It is so worth it. Your walk is going to take off. It is going to take off. So say this after me. Say, Father, I want to pray this. Say, I just want to ask you to forgive me. For trying to be my own God. And I want to ask you, Lord, to realign me in time. Psalms 33, 9. And Lord, I need you to help deliver me of a few things. I need your help, God, because I'm not really sure where I stand. But Lord, you do. You know that. But Lord, I'm asking you to bring me and place me where I always, where you always meant for me to be. And I ask this in Jesus. Amen. And then keep me there. Psalms 37, 20. Amen. All right, guys, it's time to go to bed. So I'm going to let you go. You go have yourself a wonderful weekend. And then I will look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. But until then, I love you. Bye.